welcome back to In and Out the Locker Room presented by Capital Championship Wrestling. I'm Alyssa Marino, pro wrestling commentator and host of Let's Get Serial. Joining me, of course, the host of a wrestling gal podcast and CCW commentator, Ella J. And today we are joined by one hell of a guest, a hyper aggressive athlete and CCW star competing in the upcoming Capital Cup Tag Team Tournament. Please welcome Devlin Macabre. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, Devlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, We're really excited to just kind of get started, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, And let's just kick things off right (laughs) out the gate with a bit of a, a story time. Because I think pro wrestling has been able to give us really, really special full circle moments. Um, She's like, where are you going with this? I know. (laughs) You had shared with me a story about meeting John Moxley years ago. And you were, obviously, you have shared in the past a huge fan. Uh, You were able to recently reconnect with him during the Mania festivities. What was that interaction like? Um, Well, it was very brief. (laughs) Um, I... So I was, um, I was at the collective and, um, I was like helping like ring crew and everything. And, uh, he was back there and like, I was always told like number one rule, you introduce yourself to everybody. Um, so I was like, yeah, let me just go up to John Moxley and be like, hi, my name is Devlin. Nice to meet you. So I said that and I'm like, well, I already met you. And then he was just like, well, it's special this time. And then he went to like call his match or whatever. And then, um, Later on, after his match with uh, AJ Gray, he was outside, um, like, drinking water, smoking a cigarette, and um, I was like, this is a good time for me to go up to him and ask him a question. So I wanted to ask him just, like, wrestling questions, like, not like, oh, who's your favorite, like, opponent of all time? Like, just, like, how can I be better in the ring when it comes to this or this? So, um, of course, I was very nervous and, like, starstruck, I guess. And there was a bunch of people like huddled around him and it was hard for me to squeeze in. I was just like, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, of course. And then took a picture. And then um, I was starting to ask him a question. And then this dude, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss or not, but this dude was like, how is it like wrestling John Cena? And I'm just like, you know what? I'll catch him another time. Cause he's like, he, he just had a death match and all of his adrenaline is gone. You know, like he's not, he's not like mentally there. He's just, he's out of it. So I was like, you know, I'll be, I'll be in another locker room with him one day. So there's another time. This guy had to ask him that question. I'm like, of all questions, you're going to ask him that. Like, are you wrestling John Cena? Why do you want to know? Like, come on. It made me so mad. <laughs> But it didn't take away from the moment, nonetheless. I mean, yeah, (laughs) John Moxley was one of your favorites growing up. And I'm so glad that you got to reunite with him in Dallas. Dallas was such a special time too. But I mean, me talking with you too, I mean, growing up, you said you were a self-described tomboy growing up. So what do you think made you stand apart as a tomboy growing up? Can you tell us more about that? Um, Yeah. So when I was young, I didn't have like, I didn't have like wrestling shirts. My dad, um, he didn't want to buy them. Like they were too much money. So um, they had wrestling shirts sometimes at Walmart. Like they had a John Cena one and um, they had these John Cena, like boy swim short bottoms. And I would wear that to school and I would get clowned on bro. Like people thought I was like 
I don't know, like a girl, like, I don't know. They just, they thought at a young age, they were like, you know, she, she's weird. She's, she wants to be a boy. Like it wasn't even about that. I just liked John Cena and I was like, this is really cool to wear his stuff. Um, but it was just like, I always, instead of playing with Barbies, I played with Hot Wheels from like when I was like five or six years old. And I, um, my dad was super obsessed with action movies. So I would watch action movies. Like I probably watched almost every Dwayne Johnson action movie there is like Tom Cruise, all of them, like every action movie you think of. Um, and it was just like, it, it's always been that part of me where like, I barely wear makeup. The only time I wear makeup is for wrestling. Um, you know, I wore a dress really for the first time in a long time yesterday. Like I don't, I don't own dresses. I don't own girly clothes to this day. Um, I wear wrestling shirts of like my friends or like wrestlers that I like half the time. Like I, I don't know. I'm just not, I've never really been a girly girl, quote unquote, but I've always been like, I've always been connected to that tomboy side of me. I've always grown up liking football and I would always play sports. I wouldn't in PE class. I wasn't like, Oh, I want to pretend I have an injury to where I don't have to play flag football. I was out there tackling dudes. Like I didn't care. Got that violence out at a young age. Mm. I did. Yeah, I had to. Come I had to probably someone. Yeah. <laughs> when when you were younger, though, what were your career aspirations, or what did you envision yourself being when you grew up? Um. So I fell in love with wrestling at the age of six, and at seven, I was like, I'm going to be a WWE diva. Like that was that's always been what I wanted to do. But I thought life was so easy and I could do all these careers at once. So I wanted to be a WWE diva. I wanted to be the first female to be a basketball player on the NBA. I don't know where that came from. I played basketball for like a couple months and I was like, this is cool. Um, I wanted to be an actor. Um, I wanted to be a singer, but I can't sing. It has to put so much autotune on. Uh, I want to be a lot of things, but I've always, always loved and always wanted to be a wrestler. That was like what stayed with me. And once I grew older and realized, yeah, you can have like 10 different careers at once. Um, I was like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm probably going to go with the wrestling. Well, and it's it served you well so far. And, and to have that kind of drive and, and focus from such an early age is, is so impressive. Uh, but, you know, as we've spoken earlier about finding this connection when watching Mox, uh, did you find that there were any particular women in wrestling that you looked up to or were inspired by while you were growing up watching it? Um, women, I would say I really liked Victoria a lot. Um, and then as I got older, um, AJ Lee was another one that I really liked. Um, but when I was younger, like Victoria, I know a lot of people like Lee and uh, Trish. I love them too. But Victoria was someone I was like, she's, she's, cool like and have I lost my mind like that it was so crazy to me and I was just like yo this woman is a bad ass respectfully but she was she was it like I was in love with um Victoria I was like I want to be like her um I really liked her I really liked Jazz too um Jazz was a Jazz was another one that was just like you couldn't with her like she would she would kill someone um so yeah and I feel like you've definitely taken a, a lot of that attitude and channeled it into your own style of like, do not mess with me because I am a dangerous person. Um, but, but taking it out from, you know, when you aren't actively wrestling 
or training, what are some of your non-wrestling related pastimes and interests? Um, I really enjoy doing CrossFit. That's something I got into recently. Um, it's definitely helped me with my endurance. So when I first started doing shows, um, I had cardio, but it wasn't like the best. And then like my strength was definitely not the best. And now it's like with CrossFit, I can go like in a, in a constant like state of just running and just, it's great. And then like, also um, on top of that, I can lift people up if I have to, it's CrossFit has helped me a lot. I have a big um, passion for it. I competed in um, the CrossFit open for the first time. Um, so that was awesome. Um, but really just CrossFit. Um, and then like just hanging out with my dog, just watching scary movies, like typical people things. Um, I like doing that. Um, I don't really like draw or anything. I can't draw. So it's literally just that. <laughs> Now, what is the most recent scary movie that you've seen? Uh, the Ritual. What's that about? I haven't heard of it. Hmm. Oh, it's so crazy. So it's about these like hikers that go out in um, like a Scandinavian forest to like remember their friend that died. And the friend that died was like one of the friends could have saved him. It was like this whole thing. And then they go into this forest and um, they realize they're not alone. There's some like crazy creature out there that's like cutting deer's heads off and hanging them from trees and they go into this house and the house makes them see things and they all just start I don't want to spoil it but they just they all start realizing what was going on yeah. it's it's a very interesting movie I definitely recommend it it's really good is it on Netflix or Hulu or Netflix Netflix okay I'm gonna have to take okay. note of that too I I feel bad though because you were talking about CrossFit and then one of our favorite pastimes here on In and Out the Locker Room is definitely snacking. Yes, so yes. do you have any go-to or favorite snacks that when you're going maybe having a, a, a cheat day per se? Oh yeah, I have, I have too many. Um, I really <laughs> like dill pickle chips. They're they, so they, epic. They have those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have the... They, they're so good. They're so bad for you. They're so high in sodium. But like after a show, I hit up a Wawa and I get all the dill pickle chips. Dill pickle chips are so good. Oh my God. They taste just like pickles. Um, I'm trying to look at my pantry right now because I have a lot of stuff. They're all like healthy snacks. But like, Show us your collection. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm so serious too. It's another was like show and tell on CCWs in the Apple Locker Room. All right. What do we got snack wise going on? I'm gonna flip this camera. Okay. So um we got yeah, we got a lot. Uh we got the Jurassic Park gummies. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Classic. I only got it because of the box. I don't really eat them like that. Um tuna's really good. I like those. I like these a lot too. They're kind of healthy for you. Oh, granola bar is good. Good to have on the road too for when you're traveling. Yes, these are literally like the best thing ever. They yeah. taste just mm. like brownies. Those are and good. they're healthy for you. Like the news that they have. They're like, I don't even know. They're good for you. And they taste just like brownies, I swear. Peanut butter and oh, rice cakes. I get mm. the rice cakes, the chocolate rice cakes. And oh, then these what a combination. Really yes, you gotta try it. And then these are really good with some um cream cheese. Those are my my go-tos. 
Thanks. Thank you for letting us into your pantry and into your snack world. That's that's really special well, that you shared it with us. I used yeah. to eat a lot of Lucky Charms, but I had to throw it away. I saw your great grains in there. That's oh yes. And you know that's that's my bread and butter, of course, proverbially. Uh, Lucky Charms, beautiful. The great grains. Um, <laughs> great grains. Now, kind of taking it back into the world of of wrestling and even with CrossFit, a lot of these more physical activities can, I'm sure, you know, leave you pretty beat up. So what does self-care look like to you and how do you make sure that you're good both physically and mentally? Um, physically, I don't, I don't usually have a lot of time to like catch up on that. Um, I try to get a sports massage every now and then um, just to like loosen me up. Um, stretching is really important. Um, mentally, mentally is also extremely important. I, for example, I'm not going to training tonight. Um, and this is like the first time literally since I made my debut that I haven't trained at least once a week. So it feels off for me, but I'm like, I need a rest day, uh, or rest week. And I have been going to CrossFit all week. So it's like, I'm putting my body through a lot, um, at such an early age and people are like, Oh, you're young. You're going to bounce back. But it's like, I got to save, save my body for like certain things. Um, and priority number one right now for me is looking like a wrestler, getting in better shape, um, looking the part for the role I want to be. And so it's just like, that's my main priority. Yes. Wrestling, like training and all that's very important too, but I've also trained a lot and taking a rest week here and there is not, it's something I've realized I'm like, you know, it's not that bad to do. Um, cause I feel so empty, not going to training and it makes me feel like I'm slacking and I'm like, you're only going to get worse or yada, yada, yada. But it's also like, it's okay to take a rest week. It's okay to take a day off. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, also just, you know, positive affirmations. Like sometimes if I have a bad match, I'm like, the first thing I want to do is be like, I suck. Like I could have done this better. You know, if I just was there for this or whatever, um, one, uh, one piece of advice uh, Jay Lethal told me is you can have 100 matches. 80 of them could be really good matches. 10 of them could be eh, matches. And then 10 of them could be horrible matches. And he said every single wrestler, doesn't matter the experience level or not, they will have a bad match. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just, it's just going to happen. It's like, and I'm so early in my career, having a bad match is like, so common for me but I don't find myself having them as much but when I do have them it's like the end of the world for me um and I'll be literally in the back crying like like a little baby um but it does show like I do do care a lot um I do care a lot about the product I'm putting out um about the quality of wrestling I'm putting out stories I'm telling and all of that stuff so it's important to just not let it be the end of the world you're gonna have you know, bad days, whether it be bad matches or bad days, like there's another day, there's another match. Like you can always just bounce back from that. And, um, I, I can't say I haven't been on Boshamania yet, so it can't be that bad. Yet. But I think it is, it is so important to really give yourself that permission to say like, Hey, I need a day. Let me just kind of take care of me, make sure I'm good. Um, and I, and, you know, you talked about, you know, having those, you know, not not so great match experiences and you are still so early in your career, but has there been on the flip side of that, 
what's been a match so far for you where you feel like things have really started to click for you? Um, I had a match and you were actually there. Uh, Marina Tucker at Shine. Yeah. That was a match that I can really just say I'm very proud of. Um, of course, there's little nitpick things that I pick on myself for. But, you know, it was it was one of those matches where it was like one. Of, I wish it was longer. You know, like it was like, oh, we could have gone longer. It would have been so much better. But it was good. There was a story there, a story there. Um, everybody was on cue for everything it was it was just really good and i enjoy working marina i'd love to work her again um but it was it was a lot of fun i really liked it that one was like one of those matches i was like yeah this is this is awesome you guys had really great chemistry yeah thank you thank you and you've certainly come into your own with the intensity inside the ring, which perfectly corresponds with the meaning of your last name, Macabre, and a recent promo you did that exclaimed, violence is the answer. So what do you think is the most violent or maybe craziest match or moment you've ever seen inside a wrestling ring? Oh, well, <laughs> um, so I don't really, funny, funny story. I don't watch deathmatch wrestling a lot anymore. Um, there isn't, not nothing disrespectful to it because i respect everybody that goes out there and does that stuff but i remember growing up um i unfortunately missed ecw i still watch it sometimes but i wasn't um it wasn't there when i started watching wrestling so um tying back to uh john moxley whenever i started like watching his stuff like one of the first matches i came across uh was a czw uh, tournament of death with him and um uh, brain damage and it's one of those matches that was like, what the, fuck? like, what? And there was like a, a moment in the match where he had like saw and he like sawed his head. And like, I was, I think I almost passed out like watching it for the first time. I was like, oh my God, like who would want to do this? And then next thing you know, I'm like, I'm going to do that. I want to, I want to do that. That's going to be me. Uh, I don't want to do that. So promoters don't book me for no death match. Um, but it was crazy to me. I was like, what the hell? And nowadays it's even like not worse as in like, um, like the matches are worse or anything. It's just worse with how brutal it is. Like it makes that look like child's play. They're throwing people off buildings and mm -hmm. through tables. And you know, like, it's crazy to me. I was like, oh, I, there's only so much I can watch because it's like, I can watch a horror movie and like jigsaw or something and know in the back of my head this is fake this is not real these are actors it's not real blood whatever but when you're watching a death match it's like no that's it's real like they're going through an actual they're going through glass they're getting light tubes busted on their head those are real light tubes um so it's just like only so much my stomach can quench and it's like when you see people you care about uh it's even harder like um I just I can't I can't do it I can't do it I can watch it sometimes in like in handfuls but that's it and that's why we have so many different uh, genres of wrestling because there really is something for everybody whatever kind of flavor suits your fancy uh, but you will actually bring bringing your unique brand of violence uh, competing in CCW's first ever Capital Cup tag team tournament which is coming up on May 21st alongside your tag team partner Riley Shepard and you 
two teamed at CCW's Battleground event with, you know, some friction. There was some friction there. Have you guys been able to patch things up to kind of get onto the same page at all? Um, Riley is a, she's a great competitor, great wrestler. And truthfully, there's really no one back there that I'd want to be my tag partner. But sometimes I'm like, I could just do it myself because now I'm worried that she's not going to want to, you know, really play to that violence. She's going to want to keep things fair. She's going to want to be a goody two shoes and we can't goody two shoes don't win matches okay and that's what i've been telling her she doesn't want to listen so hopefully we're on the same page either way we're winning it whether it's me by myself or us working together there's no problem with us winning but she's not keeping the the, the trophy if i have to do it by myself we're not we're not splitting the trophy it's mine okay so but and Maybe you can give us any more insight into a potential game plan or thoughts. Is it really just the idea that you think you're going to have to do this by yourself? Yeah, so I, I'm really training and preparing for having to fight two people by myself. I so. will say, though, you and Riley do actually have something in common. You both do enjoy comics, and I'm seeing you even say some of your wrestling gear has been inspired by comics. So maybe it would be a mediator for you two, but if you could have maybe any fictional character from the comic book realm be your manager, who would you choose and why? The Punisher. I am not shocked by that answer. Can you explain for the people who maybe don't know comics or in that realm what the Punisher is? The Punisher is a, um, he is a old, uh, he's a veteran and his family was, he's not old, but he's a veteran. Yeah. Um, and he was, his family was in front of him. Like that's, that's a horrible thing for that to happen. And basically cops won't do anything. So he's like, well, I'm going to take this in my own hands. And he's literally just slaughtered so many people that were associated with it. Like he doesn't even care if you didn't pull the trigger. He was, you. you're done. Like just you, just because you know the person that did it and you know they did it and you didn't do anything about it, you're dead. He's, he's, um, so I, he, he gets down to business and I really like someone that gets down to business. They know their target. They know what they want out of it. And they, they just go for it. They're not scared of the consequences. They're not scared of what's going to happen next. They just do it and they deal with the consequences later. And that's what Riley doesn't want to do. That's why I'd want the Punisher as my man. Fair enough. I'm sure you'll be channeling some Punisher energy into, you know, any of your or your next appearances. But if you could have any superpower as we're on the topic of comics, what would it be and why? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, maybe teleporting. Because mm. I don't no like more driving. long car rides. <laughs> No more long car rides. I'm gone. Call Fair time's enough. four and I'm in Florida and I got to be in Indiana at 3.58. Snap. <laughs> perfect, perfect. That would save so much money too. Oh my God, imagine all the gas money you would save. That's a whole other conversation. Yes, the flights, <laughs> the hotels. Uh, oh my God. Mm. But I mean, like we mentioned before, you've had some ring gear inspired by comics, the X-Men Apocalypse, Starfire. So do you have any visions for your next set of ring gear? Um, as of right now, 
not yet. I definitely kind of want to get something Punisher themed. Um, that would be super cool, but he's, he's not that sexy. And <laughs> like, if I go out there and like SWAT gear, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, you're trying to be like the shield or something. So I don't know. I, I'm, I go on Pinterest a lot and I look at like just different things and um, maybe it will come to me. Maybe, hopefully. Keep the creative Eventually. juices flowing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you take a lot of, I feel like a lot of people take inspiration from like comics or pop culture. I mean, I think it would be cool, homage, even if people say you look like the shield, you have that connection to John Moxley, Dean, Dean Ambrose. So I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. That's true. That's true. So, but I mean, looking today, the landscape, I feel like ring gear is such an underappreciated art. So for you, who do you think has the best ring gear game or aesthetic in pro wrestling today? Besides yourself, of course. Um, honestly. Okay. So I really, for some reason it's, it's an older, um, set of gear, but like Seth Rollins in 2015, but everyone does it now. But he was really yeah, the yeah. trendsetter for that. Um, I don't even know what to describe it as, but it was just like his white gear. I think it was SummerSlam. Yes, that against was like, Cena. I think so. I think it was Cena. Yeah, it that was art. That was just art. Like I was like, wow, dude. If I was a dude, that'd be my gear. <laughs> and maybe and then, even... like, oh, sorry. No, 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 please. Um, his WrestleMania gear this past year, so good. Chef's I feel case. like there are so many ways too to try and make adaptations and channel mm -hmm. different creative elements of different gear. So who knows what your next set of gear might look like. Um, but again, looking towards the future, you've made it known. You have actually this wild plan for everyone that maybe has not heard. Uh, you want to end this year wrestling in Mexico, next year the UK, and make it to Japan by 2024. Yeah. So by in each of those realms, are there any particular opponents or promotions that you would like to work with? Um, in Mexico, I would like to work for um, the, either the AAA or CMLL, of course. Um, and opponents, literally anyone. Like, I would love to wrestle those females down there. They're, they're badasses. Um, the UK, I would love to wrestle for WXW. Um, well, that's not the UK. Germany. Sorry. Germany. Europe. Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Europe, Europe. Oh my God, I'm going to get clowned for that. Um, and all over the UK, I literally just, I want to go anywhere and everywhere, whether it's in front of 10 people or 3,000. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the UK wrestlers that come out of there, they're also very well trained. They lay their stuff in like awesome. Um, and in Japan, I've actually been fortunate enough to train with some Japanese legends um like sumi sakai and um emmy sakura but uh i would love to wrestle them over there i know they're they're more so in america now um i would love to wrestle tecla i'm a big fan of her she's super good um and then may also i trained with her once she's a sweetheart she's because she can go um i would love to wrestle her i'd really love to wrestle anyone like i'm not there's really no set people in mind. Like I want to go over there and just work with everyone and anyone, even the dudes I'll wrestle the dudes. Don't, don't me, but uh, that's fine. 
I mean, you have a solid plan ahead of you by the time you turn 24 years old, I believe, or I believe it would be by then that my what a world you would have traveled by then again, assuming the world doesn't go into shambles. But Devlin, thank you so much for taking the time for sharing your story with us today. And of course, we'll link all of your social medias down below. But for our audio listeners, can you please share where they can find you online? Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at Devlin Macabre. Um, my Twitter is at it's Devlin, I-T-S, and then Devlin. Um, my Facebook is Devlin Bacabre. If you want to add me, I probably won't accept it, but you can follow me on there. Um, and then uh, I have a Patreon, which is um, patreon.com slash Devlin Macabre. I post workout videos, um, pictures, day-to-day things, um, blogs. So please don't go on there asking me for no booty pics or any of that. Like, this is... PG, uh, PG 13. Cause I do cuss a lot on there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where you guys can find me. If you want to stalk me, all that good stuff. I do have t-shirts available. Uh, you can message me directly on preferably Instagram or you can email me. Uh, my email is going to be on my Instagram. Um, if you'd like to buy a t-shirt, I'm trying to sell those out. Violence is the answer. You know, you, you know, you know what it is. So violence is the answer. Devlin Macabre. Thank you again for taking the time because sky is truly the limit, this grand plan of yours uh, going into 2024 and looking forward to the future and much more that we will see from you. Um, and to our friends at home, be sure that you are following Ella J at it's Ella J on Twitter and checking out a wrestling gal podcast with new episodes every week. And you can find me at AYY underscore Marino on all the socials and on new episodes of Let's Get Serial on Saturday afternoons. So for Devlin Macabre and Ella J, I'm Melissa Marino, and we'll see you again next time for the next edition of CCW's In and Out the Locker Room. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>